show. We're on Breaker Podcast, Google Podcasts. We're also live on Spotify. And we're also live right now on Spotify today. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, here we go. Here's a message from Dr. Sydney White. Um, this is titled Second Chances. Second Chances. And I hope and pray that you were blessed by the broadcast. Here we go. And I hope that you have a blessed day. And I will see you here in the next, probably in the next 34, I mean, 40 minutes. Amen. Amen. Here we go. Turn with me to uh, Romans, the fifth chapter and the 20th verse. Also, I'm going to be reading from Zechariah 5 and 7. Romans 5 and 20. When you have it, shout, I have it. All right, we're reading from Romans, the fifth chapter and the 20th verse, and it reads thus, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Turn with me to Zechariah, the fifth chapter, and I'm going to begin reading at the seventh verse. That's Zechariah 5 and 7. When you have it, shout, I have it. I'm waiting on a couple more of you. Zechariah 5 and 7. And it reads, And behold, there was lifted up a talent of lead, and this is a woman that sitteth in the midst of the ephah. And he said, This is wickedness. And he cast it into the midst of the ephah, and he cast the weight of the lead upon the mouth thereof. Verse 9. Then lifted I up mine eyes and looked, and behold, there came out two women, and the wind was in their wings. For they had wings like the wings of a stalk, and they lifted up the ephah between the earth and the heaven. I'm going to read that in the Voice Bible, which says, This is Lady Wickedness. The messenger pushed the woman back into the basket and replaced the basket stone that is its lead cover over the mouth so that she stay inside it. I want to read it from the Message Bible. The Message Bible says, he said, this is Miss Wicked. He pushed her back down into the basket and clamped the lid over her. I want to use for a thought on today, second chances. Somebody shout second chances. I want to use for a subtopic on today, breaking the spirit of delay. That's a prophetic word from the Lord. He told me to let you know that he was breaking the spirit of delay. My objective is uh, to let, let you know that the power of God's grace not only forgives us, but also richly blesses us. And my objective is also to tell you that God is not in the business of condemnation but restoration and if you weren't here in the eight o'clock service i want you to get the um cd i want you to get the tape uh, which gave us the foundation and we're going to go a little bit higher today is that all right so when we talk about second chances most of you like me have exhausted your first chance your second chance your third chance your fourth chance you get the picture. So when I say that God is a God of second chances, it means that we have an opportunity to try something again after failing. 
It means we can have a restart, a fresh start that we can begin again. And how many of you know God is a God of a second chance? God is a God of another chance. So we read from the book of Zechariah. Zechariah was a Levite. He was a priest and a prophet. And Zechariah's name means God remembers. How many of you know God has not forgotten you? All right, so uh, Zechariah had eight apocalyptic visions. And uh, the book of Zechariah is the most eschatological, I got to spit that out. That means the study of things to come out of all of the Old Testament writings. He has um, messianic prophecies, the most messianic prophecies other than Isaiah. He predicted Christ's first and second coming. He predicted that he would be servant and king, that he would be man and God. He predicted that Christ would be the good shepherd, that he would be sold for 30 pieces of silver, that he would be the pierced one, the cleansing fountain. He calls him the peaceful king. He uh, prophesied that Zechariah would ride on a donkey, that he would be betrayed by his friend. He uh, identifies Christ as the branch and the high priest. And it's in Zechariah that God calls the people of God. He calls us the apple of his eye. We get that from the book of Zechariah. Zechariah tells us that the mountain will become a plain. He also tells us that the hands that started this work will be the same hands that will build it and finish it. He was the one that gave the word to Zerubbabel, not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. It was Zechariah that told us to ask God for the latter rain. And in the book of Zechariah, he gives us to the word to despise not small beginnings. So I just have a few simple points on today. My first point is the sin issue. Everybody shout the sin issue. So in Zechariah, the first chapter and the second and the third verse, uh, as God's mouthpiece, he tells the people turn to me and I will turn to you. He gives them the word of the Lord. God says, if you will turn to me, then I will turn to you. And uh, when we look at the word sin, sin means disobeying God's command. In the Greek is hamartia. It means a mistake, an error. And the word picture is a target, a big target with a red center. And uh, you have a bow and arrow, but you miss the mark. That's the word picture for sin. All right, so how many of you know God created us to serve and to worship him? And we know that sin entered through the first Adam. I said sin entered through the, it was a first Adam, right? And since we are all born in sin, according to Psalms 5 and 51 and 5, how many of you know we needed a second Adam? who came to give us a second chance. So sin is bondage. Sin is misery. Sin is slavery. Sin separates us from God. Sin puts a wedge between us and our maker. And our pastor used to say, sin is a dirty friend. All right, sin has handcuffs, all right? And um, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6 and 12, all things are lawful. I can do anything I'm big enough to do. But all things are not expedient. 
It says in Hebrews 12 and 1, let us lay aside every sin and every weight that does so easily beset us. So uh, how many of you know God don't just want us to get rid of the sin, but he want us to let go of the weight. And a weight is an encumbrance. A weight will hold you until sin come. And how many of you know if we get rid of the weight, we can get delivered from the sin? All right, a weight might be the music that you're listening to. A weight might be what you're looking at on your laptop. A weight might be the people that's in your life. A weight might be your tattoo. And you put it where the sun don't shine. Oh, praise the Lord. All right, a weight might be what you're looking at on TV. A weight could be what you're doing on the weekend. A weight could be your boo. I remember the Lord told me, he said, Cindy, don't bring no idols in this house. So how many of you know a weight will open the door? But the Bible says, let us run with patience the race that's set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. How many of you know you can't run the race with weights on your ankle? Weights on your arm, weights on your back. Uh, God told Cain, he said, be careful because sin lies at the door. How many of you know we can't open the door of sin? Sin will leave you spiritually bankrupt. And God want us not only to let go of the sin, but he want us to let go of the weights. Turn and tell your neighbor, let go of the weights. So we were created to serve and to worship God. And God is calling for us to have a standard. Come on, turn and tell your neighbor, say, we got to have a standard. we got to have a standard. And our sin is very deceptive because sin starts off pleasurable. How many of you know sin have pleasure? But it's only for a season. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 24 that Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. So even if you lived as a sinner your whole lifetime, how many of you know your season is coming to an end? Praise God. But Moses, he refused to live in the pleasures of seasonal sin, but he made a decision to say yes to God and to become an emancipator. And I came to tell you that God has called you to be an emancipator. We see that sin has taken its ugly toll, its left its mark. Uh, and I want to also let you know that backsliding is gradual. How many of you know you could be backsliding and not even know it? Backsliding is very subtle. It's very gradual. But also sanctification is a gradual process. You look up and you're stronger than what you used to be. And our sin left unchecked will bring you back to the place that you were once delivered from. So uh, in the animal kingdom, they have chameleons. And a chameleon can camouflage itself. It can change to match the environment that it's in. It can blend in and adapt. But how many of you know God don't want us to have a chameleon spirit? When you in church, you act like church, but when you out of church, you act like the world. No, but God wants us to make a difference. And I came to tell you that sin and righteousness are not compatible. Just like the Apple computer is not compatible with Microsoft. It's like apples and oranges, it just don't mix. 
the flesh and the spirit don't mix. So uh, God wants to give us the testimony that the places I used to go, I don't go no more. The things I used to do, I don't do no more. Uh -huh. I got a brand new talk. Uh -huh. I got a brand new walk because Christ is coming to my life. And how many of you know you have to be careful against the false grace teaching that tells you you can do anything you want to do. You can go anywhere you want to go. You can have a lifestyle of sin and you have no heart to repent, no heart to change. And you just say, Lord, forgive me. And everything is all right. I came to tell you that you have itchy ears, and that's a lie from the pits of hell. The Bible says they're going to knock on the door and say, Lord, Lord, I cast out devils in your name. God, I Good morning to those who's on the line this morning. Good morning to Evangelist Sanaya. Thank you for joining me. Uh, we're listening to a recording from my spiritual mother, um, Dr. Cindy White, titled Second Chances. I hope that you will be blessed by this life-changing message. Here we go. It's a place for prepared people. The Bible goes on to say, what fellowship have light with darkness? My God, how many of you know there's a difference between light and darkness? All right, so God sent his son, Jesus Christ, as a remedy for sin. Religion can't do it. Your education can't do it. Okay, for those who just came on the line, good morning to infinite courage thank you for joining me we're listening to a message titled second chances by my spiritual mother dr sydney white uh you're going to listen to the message oh man it's a powerful life-changing message here we go for those who's coming on nothing but the blood of jesus so my first point is the sin issue my second point is spiritual warfare the bible tells us in ephesians 6 and 12 for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness, rulers of darkness, and spiritual wickedness in high places. So uh, in the book of Zechariah, we see Joshua or Yeshua, which is the name Jesus in the New Testament. But we see him in the book of Zechariah. And he is the high priest that was sent to build the temple after the Babylonian captivity. But there's a problem, Zechariah has on a filthy garment. In Zechariah, the third chapter. So we see Zechariah, then we see Jesus Christ, the angel of the Lord on one side, but then here comes Satan on his other side. And the Bible says he come to resist him. So we know the enemy comes to attack the saints. He come to attack the minister. He come to attack the church. Uh, he's called the accuser of the brethren. And uh, in the scripture that I read today, I read the scripture that's the seventh of the eight visions of Zechariah. And in this vision, Zechariah sees a woman in a basket. And the Bible says that this woman is seated in the basket. And uh, she's called Lady Wickedness or Miss Wicked. And how many of you know that sin will sit on you if you open the door? Sin will hold you down. Sin will, uh, you'll get a stronghold. Sin is bondage. So uh, this Lady Wickedness is in the Bible. And Revelation 17 and 5 identifies her as the city of Babylon. That uh, as the Antichrist spirit. 
And um, there's many things in the Bible personified as a woman. Uh, wisdom is called Lady Wisdom in the Bible. Wisdom is uh, portrayed as a woman. The nation of Israel is portrayed as a woman. Jerusalem is called a woman. The church is called a woman. And the glorious bride in Christ is called or personified as a woman, both male and female. So either we're going to choose Lady Wisdom or we're going to choose Lady Wickedness. All right. And this um, spirit in this vision was seated and it was the spirit of idolatry uh putting things before god not letting god go but having a spirit of apostasy where we want god in the world where we want god and something else we are putting other things before god so this was a spirit of idolatry it was also the spirit of pride and the spirit of greed that was trying to distract the people of god but God sent a remedy for sin. He sent two women with wings. These women were angels or agents of God and they stopped the infection of sin. And when the wickedness was rising up, they put a lid on the basket. Come on, turn and tell your neighbor, say, you better put a lid on it. Put a lid on it, put a lid on it. So God expelled and restrained the enemy. And I came to tell you that uh, the spirit of wickedness was represented as one, but God sent his agents as two or the double. How many of you know only one third of the angels went with the enemy, but two thirds went with God? And I want to remind you that there's more with us than against us. God is all powerful. He is El Shaddai. He is the Lord God Almighty. He is the overpower and God is omnipotent. So my first point was the sin issue. My second point was spiritual warfare. My third point is the second chance and the savior. All right, so I came to tell you that repentance is what gives us a second chance. And our Revelations 5 and 20 says, where sin abound, grace did much more abound. And y'all know my pet peeve. I hate it when people try to make sin so big and they try to make the devil so, oh, the devil is busy. God is busier. God is greater. God is stronger. How many of you know it's time to minimize the enemy and it's time to maximize God? It's time to magnify the Lord. It says in the Amplified Version, but where sin increased, God's remarkable, gracious gift of grace, his unmerited favor has surpassed it and increased all the more. So no wonder it's called amazing. When we look at the acronym for grace, it's God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace is God's unmerited, unearned favor. And there's a difference between mercy and grace. Mercy is God not punishing our sins as we deserve. That would have been good enough. But grace is God blessing us despite the fact that we don't deserve it. God's grace is unconditional. And there's many faucets of God's grace. 1 Peter 4 and 10 calls it manifold grace. 2 Peter 1 and 2 calls it multiplied grace. So I want to talk about the different types of grace that we see in the word of God. Number one is saving grace. Somebody shout saving grace. So we're saved by grace. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith. 
It is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So how many of you know we can't earn God's grace? We can't be too good or we cannot be too bad. Ephesians 3 and 16 says that God will give us inner strength. So it's not God's, uh, not by our willpower that we have a standard or live a godly life, but it's through God's inner strength. And that's uh, one of the scriptures that I quote every day. So um, the scripture says that um, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So we are born again, born anew, born from above. Uh, we have God's supernatural power, which changes our nature. The spirit of God will change our appetite. All right. I, I thought somebody would give him a praise right there. So uh, there is a process of transforming or becoming a son of God. All right. So uh, somebody shall save in grace. So Romans 5 and 8 says, but God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So grace abounds more, it's greater, it's stronger, it overpowers. And uh, God's grace erases our guilt and shame. God is not in the business of condemnation, but God is in the business of restoration. Romans uh, 3, 23 and 24 says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So first of all, the Bible lets us know all have sinned, not y'all have sinned, all of us have sinned. My God, we've been born in sin, my Lord, all of us, all right? There's none righteous, no, not one, only Jesus Christ. But uh, the word there in that scripture that I read said he freely by grace justifies us. That word freely is translated promiscuous. And it means that God's grace will go to anybody. God's grace is promiscuous. And when somebody is promiscuous, they're loose, they're unrestrained. They'll be with anybody, it don't matter. And I came to tell you that's the way God's grace is. You can be high on drugs, but grace is looking for you. You can mess up a thousand times, but God's grace is looking for you. God's grace is promiscuous. It's fast. It's fast grace. It gives itself to anybody, and that's good news. Uh, God's grace is indiscriminate. It's given to the least deserved. God's grace is unrestrained. There's no limits. It's un, uh, undeserved favor. God's grace is promiscuous. You don't have to take it out to dinner. God's grace hangs around the bar. It's on the internet. It's in the alley. You can call God's grace three o'clock in the morning and God's grace will come to you. Come on, God's grace is on the street corner. You don't even have to pay for it, but his grace is free. He'll give it away. God's love is reckless and his grace is promiscuous. Come on, his grace was promiscuous when Jesus met the woman at the well. And his grace transformed her. And it was God's promiscuous grace that snatched us out of a burning hell. I came to tell you that God's grace is extravagant. And no one is beyond forgiveness. It doesn't matter what you have done. The good news is grace is chasing you down. You don't have to work for it. 
They used to say if salvation was something that money could buy, the rich would live and the poor would die. But thank God, thank God, salvation is free. And how many of you know our salvation is P-I-F, is paid in full. So this second Adam, who gives us the second chance, he fulfilled the law and now we live by the law of love and by the law of grace. So my first point was saving grace. My second point is supporting grace. Somebody shout supporting grace. Hebrews 4 and 16 says, let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So we have a greater high priest, Jesus Christ. He's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And once we are saved, we can confidently step into the throne room, into the very presence of God, and we can obtain the grace that we need. And our God longs to shower us with his blessings as we come to him in prayer. So that's a glorious promise. So we talked about saving grace. We talked about supporting grace. The third grace I want to talk about is serving grace. Everybody shout serving grace. Serving grace. And this is the empowering grace to accomplish our God-given tasks. Galatians 1 and 5 says, As we're continuing on with the message titled Second Chances from my spiritual mother, Dr. Sydney White, for those who just came on, uh, I hope and pray that you were blessed by this message. Uh, for those who want to request to be on the video this morning, I do not do that. So uh, can you just please take that request off of this live feed, please? Thank you very much, and I hope you enjoy the message. I saw you come to Columbia and start a church, and I saw how easy it was. I started a church, and it was a disaster. I'm mad at you, Pastor White. He didn't tell him to go out and do that. He had the grace for it. So, and I, you have grace for your spouse. And somebody would say, I don't know how you can put up with that. That's because you don't have the grace for them. I do. I got the grace for this. God give you a special grace for your family members, for the people that's in your life. All right, you have grace for your assignment and it's a divine grace. The next grace that I wanna talk about is surplus grace. Everybody shout surplus grace. Surplus grace. Second Corinthians nine and eight says, and God is able to make all grace. Oh, I like, I could shout right there. Abound towards you that you always, having all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. Somebody shout, I'ma always have. Come on, say it like you mean it, I'ma always have. So when we tap into the power of God, when we tap into this grace, we'll begin to live in a flow and live in the overflow, more than enough, abundance for all things. This is the grace that helps us to progress to succeed. This is the grace for acceleration. God's super on my natural, causing me to do supernatural things. How many of you know there are no limits to God's grace? So he says all sufficiency, and I believe the Amplified says not needing aid or support, but I'll be able to be self-supported for whatever I need in life through the power of God. All right, how many of you know uh, God gives us the grace that we need to carry out our assignment and he gives us surplus grace. For example, you have a bill that's due 
And I, if there's a late payment, there should be a penalty, but God will give me a grace period. I get a grace period. Well, I don't have a late fee, but I get a grace period to get it right. I can start over and begin again because God is the God of a second chance. So there's no statute, no limitations. I can start all over again. Thank God for his grace. The fifth grace that I want to talk about is a special grace. Somebody shout special grace. Somebody shout, I have special grace. This is the grace where God told Paul when he was afflicted three times by the messenger of Satan. And uh, Paul goes to God and he asks God to take it away. And God said, you have a special grace. My grace is sufficient. You have power with this grace. And this grace is when we go through fiery trials and tribulations. When we go through persecutions and stubborn situations. This grace is when we have tragedies in life and traumas where I should have lost my mind. This is the grace where nobody knows the trouble I see, but thank God for his grace. This is the grace that undergirds us when we've been rejected or when we're in the hospital or if we have an accident or if we're in prison or if there's been abuse or molestation, if there's been a divorce or the death of a loved one. This is the grace that's more powerful than cancer. This is the grace that holds us up when we go through the traumas and the dilemmas of life. It's nothing but the grace of God that brought me through. My God bought me through suicide. Come on, bought me through the death of my loved one. Come on, bought me through trauma. I was traumatized. But it's by his grace I made it through. When I felt like I was all alone and nobody didn't understand. And when I hit rock bottom and oh, when I was rejected and despised. It was nothing but God's grace that bought me out of the coma, that bought me out of that situation. It was God's grace that bought me out of my darkest days. My God, when I looked like I was all alone and when it, when it felt like this was going to be the end and I wasn't going to make it, when I felt like I wasn't coming out, it was the special grace of God that kept my mind and kept my heart and gave me another chance and brought me through, brought me through grief and brought me through depression and brought me through discouragement minute brought me through despair it was nothing but God's special grace and I came to tell you that you have grace for every situation in your life when I got the best doctor's report it was the special grace come on the song says what grace that bought me safe thus far and grace will lead me home this is the grace of God my God, how many of you know we can hit the restart button because God is the God of a second chance. No matter what I go through life, I can make it through because God is with me. God helps me. He holds me when it felt like I was in a horrible pit and in sinking sand. It was nothing but God's grace that lifted me. The Bible says in John 1 and 16, it says we have grace upon grace. I came to tell you that you got stacked up grace. You got stacked up favor. You got saving grace and supporting grace and serving grace. You got surplus grace. You got special grace. You got grace for every area and every phase of your life. Thank God for his grace. 
Now my last and final point, the Holy Spirit told me to tell you that he is breaking the spirit of delay. Things that have been held back. Things that seem like it's been out of reach. Things that has been taking years to accomplish. Dreams and goals that you've been waiting for. I came to tell you that God is breaking the spirit of delay. And grace is what breaks that spirit. Another word for grace is favor. And I came to tell you that favor is like dynamite. It works best in hard places. And when favor explodes in your life, every barrier will be removed. God is tearing down walls. Come on, he's opening doors. God is making ways. God is clearing paths. And what has been out of reach, God's going to put it in your hand. Said Somebody say, he's putting it in my hand. He's putting it in. I'm going to have it. I'm going to touch it. I'm going to taste it. I'm going to hold it. I'm going to embrace it. So God is breaking the spirit of delay, but he told me to tell you that the spirit of delay is going to be broken through repentance. And repentance puts you uh, back in line, not at the end of the line. And even though we don't deserve it, how I many of you know that's what grace is? God gives us what we don't deserve. Thank God for grace. So I came to tell you that God is a God of a second chance that you're not a second-class citizen, that grace will erase. Grace, when you look at the word and you drop the G off of grace, uh -huh. God will give you the power to run this race. Yes, yes. And uh, I told the saints on this morning, I talked about Meghan Markle, how she was an actress in California. But she ended up marrying into the royal family. Yes. When she married into the royal family, everything changed. She became royalty. First of all, they changed her name. Now she's called Duchess. Duchess. She got a new title because she became royalty. And I came to tell you that you have a new title. Uh-huh. And then she got a vault of jewels. Yes. She became wealthy overnight. She became a millionaire at the altar when she said, I do. She got the rights to a vault of jewels. The jewels, along with her engagement ring, are worth over a million dollars. So instantly, she didn't have to earn it. All she had to do was come down to the altar and say, I do. Yes. And it was at the altar that she became a millionaire. Not only that, uh, she got a royal residence. She moved from California. Now she's living in Kensington Palace. On top of that, she's got royal security. Everywhere she goes, the secret agents is all around. So even if you don't recognize them, they're right there watching over the Duchess everywhere she goes. If you get too close, get back. Get, oh, praise the Lord. Then she got royal transportation. She don't have to take the Greyhound bus no more. But she got a royal jet that takes her wherever she want to go, whenever she want to get there. She was just a regular California girl, but now she's royalty. And that's because she married up. And I came to tell you that when we became the bride of Christ, 
we married up. Somebody shout, I married up. I married up. Come on, we married into royalty. We got a new name. We got a new residence. We got divine security. Come on, we stepped into the, the uh, uh, wealth and riches are in our house. We got a new identity. All because we married into royalty. Come on, turn and tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I'm married. I'm married. Tell them, say, tell them to the Prince of Peace, to the Prince of Peace. I'm married to the Prince of Peace. You got that right. Hallelujah. So how many of you know we are royal priesthood, a holy nation? Praise God. So in Zechariah 3 and 4, we see Joshua, the high priest. Jesus is on one side. Satan is on the other side accusing him. But then we see Jesus, our high priest, take away his filthy garment. Then he clothed him in a beautiful garment, beautiful raiment, and put a crown on his head. And I came to tell you that we have a divine exchange and what has been held up is gonna be released. Come on. And uh, you might have, you may have been down, but I came to tell you because we serve a God of a second chance, you're not out. See, there's a difference between being buried and being planted. See, you thought you was buried by the trials that came your way, but I came to tell you, you was just planted. The enemy tries to bury us through pity, tries to bury us through depression, tries to bury us through debt. He tries to bury us through addiction, tries to bury us through sickness. But I came to tell you, this is your bounce back season because you serve a God of another chance. And as I close, I want to close by reminding you of a story about this man who had a mule. And one day the mule fell into the well. And the man loved the mule. He said, but um, I'm not gonna let this mule suffer. I'm gonna put him out of his misery. So he said, I'm just gonna go ahead and bury the mule so the mule don't you know, have a prolonged death, painful death. I just go ahead and I bury him. And, uh, but how many of you know the, bule, the mule had a different opinion? So the man started, shoveling dirt on top of the mule. He thought he was burying them. Yes, and I, yes. every time he would shovel the dirt on top of the mule, the mule would shake it off and step it down. All right, all right. You just heard the sounds of Dr. Sydney White, uh, my spiritual mother, speaking on a message titled Second Chances, Second Chances. And I will tell you this right now. We have a God that is of a second chance. We have a God that will give you another opportunity to make it right. We have a God of first chance. We have a God of a second chance. We have a God that will give you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity for you to make it right in the kingdom as we're about to get ready to go into our broadcast today at 7 a.m eastern standard time is exactly 
60 degrees in the beautiful capital city of Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, we want to say to all of you that's on the line this morning, I know we had a good bit of people here this morning. Uh, good morning to uh, Wave of Christ. Thank you for joining me. Also, James 4787. Scott, thank you for joining me. And also, SP Miracles, thank you for joining me. And also, uh, I think I had two more people on there. I had good morning to Evangelist Sanaya. Thank you for joining me. And also, um, good morning to um, I am Dr. Dixon. Thank you for joining me. Um, we're live, and I'm going to give you a couple of points from her message today. Um, the first point is, if I have my notes today, uh, the first point today is we have a God. We have a God that will that will lead us into the right things. The first point from her message is the sin issue. We was born, we was born of sin. So I'm going to go into a portion of that message there and then you can listen to that and I'll go from there. Here we go. Okay, just like okay, just like my spiritual mother said, there's we have a God of a first chance, we have a God of a second chance, and we have a God that will let you know that hey, you can go at it at that dream again and again and again. If you if rather you just catch this, um I'm about to get ready to go into prayer today at 7.02 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we want to say to all of you, thank you so much for joining us on the broadcast here today. Uh, here we go. We're going to go into prayer today, and then we're going to end the broadcast today. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we're grateful and blessed to you that your presence right now is already inside of our minds, hearts, souls, and spirits. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we're grateful to you that your everlasting love will always stand with us through the nick of time. Father God, we just want to say thank you, Father God, because we're about to end another year 
a year of another year of importance, another year of disappointments, another year that you kept us covered in your saving grace. You kept us covered in your amazing grace. You kept us covered in your powerful grace. You kept us covered in, your, in a grace that will always stand with us throughout the test and throughout the battle right now in Jesus' name. Oh, Father God, we just want to say thank you for your love today. We want to thank you for your peace today. We want to thank you for your joy. We want to thank you for everything that you've done for us today. Father God, uplift those persons who is listening to our broadcast right now. Uplift those persons right now today, Father God, because you never leave us nor forsake us. I thank you, Father God, because you're faithful to us right now. You're faithful to us in your walk. You're faithful to us in our talk. And you're faithful to us wherever we are today. My prayer today is just for your everlasting presence to surround us, to surround us with the wiles of the world is trying to put us down. But it's your saving grace. It's your saving grace that kept us together. It's your saving grace that will always be with us throughout the nick of time. It's your saving grace that is with us right now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I want to say to all of you today, if you're going to celebrate the ending of 2021, I don't know about you, but I want to say thank you, Father, for just being with us today. Thank you, Father, for being with us today. Thank you, Father, for being with us today. Thank you, Father, for being with us today. It's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Amen. As we're in episode 491, 491, I am so happy today that we're almost there. We're almost at episode 500. So I pray that you were blessed. Again, my name is William T. Pearson. God bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine his everlasting light upon this day today. Amen.